Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the tea space. So if you are in the beverage world, uh, we're talking tea all morning today. And uh, on the podcast today is Balasarda. I'm so excited. To, you're going to not only love hearing about his new brand, but his background in the startup space is incredible and has just some amazing advice for founders and entrepreneurs. Um, and I'm just so excited that you're here, Bala. So great to have you on the podcast. Likewise, thanks, Justin, for having me. It's so great having you here. Um, I was really looking forward to meeting you. Um, I had fun researching you, like reading your background, and I mean, just incredible. I, and one of the things I love about doing this podcast is I get to meet incredible people like you. Um, let's do this. How about share a little bit about your background before launching the brand and kind of talk about your family's history in the tea industry? I thought this was fascinating. Absolutely, Justin. So I think uh, uh, you know my uh, you know my family actually has been into to, into the tea space. For the last eighty-five to ninety years, I think I'm actually the fourth generation in my in my family to do something in tea. Uh, as you may imagine, India is one of the largest um, producers of tea in the world. In fact, uh, regions like Darjeeling, you know, where my dad's born and brought up, and my family comes from, is 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 a GI uh, indication. It's just like a champagne and cognac in France. Uh, wow, you know, teas grown in Darjeeling are considered to be the finest in the world. Um, and that's where we stem from. Uh, you know, growing up, of course, all my early holidays have been at tea estates. I've obviously traveled um, to several tea estates in the country. But but to be very, very honest, uh, you know, uh, uh, while uh, I always had an entrepreneurial bug and I knew I would do something of my own uh, at the right time, uh, from the outside, the tea industry was extremely boring, right? So I had honestly <laughs> right. uh, no plans of you know, getting into this trade. Uh, it was commoditized. You know, there was only bulk exports happening from India. Uh, it was not very sexy. It was not something, you know, uh, the newer generation wanted to get into. But it's it's only when I, you know, I got done with my undergrad and, you know, I was researching on my on my, on my my big uh, idea, right? I mean, on my scalable sure. idea for my yep. first, first real startup is, is when I ended up going to Darjeeling uh, and spending two, three months. And while... Uh, I was researching multiple other businesses and markets. Uh, I did end up, you know, going deeper in the tea business as well and understanding uh, how it is operating and if there are any gaps uh, in this in this industry. And you know, that just it just blew my mind. I think the kind of learnings I, I got uh, just blew my mind, and I can talk to you about them. But uh, you know, um, but that just got me to start Vadam, and I decided this is what I want to do at least for the next ten years of my life. That's right. So, well, I was the founder and CEO of Autumn India. Um, and so talk about the tea. So you said it was kind of a boring industry or boring kind of place to work. What was what was it that people weren't rethinking it because it just kind of had always been the same way? And you came in with a fresh set of eyes. Like, what did you know? Like how did you determine that there was maybe some angles to make it more interesting? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Bang on, Justin. I think, yeah, people had not reimagined this industry. I think it was just working like clockwork for over 200 years uh, to right. be a little bit crazy, uh, a little bit background, right? I think, right since the Britishers planted the first 
crop in India, all of Indian tea, while India grows the best teas in the world, and tea is like a magic of nature, right? Tea, spices, herbs, all these agri products are at at some level, it's a magic of nature, you know, you know, the blend of the right weather and mist and fog and elevation and uh, and the right soil and all of that, you know, then ends up, uh, you know, making making what we now know as tea and Darjeeling tea and Indian tea and Assam tea and so on and so forth. Uh, and, uh, and, and India was always known to make the best teas, but unfortunately, all these products were exported at single digit margins to, you know, to brands in, in Western markets who would sure. import it you know, um, uh, you know, repackage it and, you know, they would sort of bulk break it and then sort of sell to consumers. And one of the things I identified was, you know, from the time taken from the fa- uh, the the tea in the farm, you know, being harvested in the farm to a consumer, say New York consuming it, it was very, very long, right? The supply chain was extremely broken. There were multiple middlemen for no reason. And they were not only inflating the price, but more importantly, uh, you know, the, the quality of the product was going down, right? And unlike fine sure. wine or whiskey, where you, where you enjoy it more if it ages, you know, tea is better when it's more fresh. Spices are way better when they're more fresh. So I said, you know, why can't we cut out all of these middlemen and, you know, take a product direct from India to consumers globally and, you know, just just disrupt the supply chain. That's really, you know, the number one uh, thing I have in my mind. Uh, that's, that's- that's amazing. And so you've been at it now seven plus years. Um, you guys can check out uh, vadam.com, V-A-H-D-A-M.com. Um, amazing site. And like uh, the products looks amazing. I've got so many questions on product. But were was there any D2C at the time or you were like, I'm going to launch direct consumer and, and, and find product to package? Like, what did that look like early days? So no, absolutely, Justin. I think, uh, you know, and obviously the ambition was uh, you know, rather a dream actually that time because, you know, how do you build a brand out of India, right? That to a global brand. Uh, not many people have done it. There was not too much trust with brand India, to be very okay. honest, uh, you know, um, given and how do you build trust, right? You build trust by doing the right thing every day for several years and just keep doing it. And, you know, when you see a lot of brands around you, uh, you know, that's how we have respected Japanese tech products and, you know, and German cars and so on and so forth, right? But unfortunately, while we were the supply chain of tea to the world, there was no brand which was facing the consumer. And I said, um, you know, for us to sort of break that, we need to obviously have a very, very exceptional quality product, which I talked to you about. And with that, also take a very authentic story to consumers, right? And and one of the strongest reasons why we started the brand was, uh, you know, uh, uh, and I'll share this fact with you, right? Like, uh, to, uh, like I said, 25% of the world's production of tea happens in India. India is actually the largest uh, and most populated country in the world now, right? As you as you wow. can imagine, it's bigger than yep. China now. Uh, and and tea is actually one of the largest employees of labor. So very quickly, I realized that you know this entire industry and millions of farmers here in India uh, were actually you know getting impacted with low wages. Um, you know, uh, poor quality of life. And all of that was driven by the fact that there was no value addition happening in India. Um, uh, No profits were being retained in India. And while a lot of these brands in Western markets uh, talk about fair trade and, you know, a bunch of these things, but but the situation here uh, was not the best, right? I mean, I I think you only realize it when you visit and talk to a farmer, you know, wages were still, you know, $100 a month on an average, right? Which is, which is which is insane. So, right. Uh, Crazy. And I said, you know, if you have to fix this, I think we need to also, 
you know, retain value in India. And whenever you do that, there's a trickle down effect where, you know, and that's the only sustainable way to do it, right? Government can give you subsidies. You can pay fair trade. All of that is great. But the only sustainable way to fix this is through commerce. And that is what we started talking about in our story, right? I think, uh, you know, we have a very, very strong social angle. 1% of our revenue to, today is directed towards the education of our tea growers, children. Uh, you know, we have impacted over 17,000 children and got them educated uh, through our through our program called Teach Me. Uh, you know, we do a bunch of work around uh, uh, insurance now. We are a climate neutral and a plastic neutral certified brand. So this entire story of the brand is something we keep at the forefront because that's all we had, right? We didn't have the money totally. to quit. We didn't have the marketing dollars. So we just had a story and we said, let me just go and tell this to people. And hopefully they will believe in us and try the product. And once they did, you know, all of them kept coming back uh, for That's more. Amazing. Yeah. I think the quote of the interview went, flew by about three minutes ago when you said that the way to build a brand and build trust in a brand is to do the same thing over and over and over and provide like consistent quality over and over and over and a consistent experience over and over and over. And it takes time. And um, I think most people that are entrepreneurs, a lot of them don't think about that or they're hoping for a quick hit. You know, I don't know. Something, we should talk about that in a few minutes. Um, so, okay. Uh, or, so you're already in the tea space. You have access to tea, okay, and the product. So did you have to make specific size product um, package elements to, to be sold through e-commerce? And like, what did that look like, you know, as you were building the business early days? Got it. No, absolutely. I think fair question, Justin. I think, and while, you know, when you have to do all of this, take a product to consumers, distribution is critical, right? That's really where totally. can yeah. genuinely understand you. And I think for us, it was a no brainer that the only thing we could have done well was the internet. I think internet, I always believed has not only democratized consumer brands, but it has democratized consumer brand building on a global level. You know, today, consumers sitting in the U.S., you know, we can build a business sitting out of India for a consumer in the U.S. And it's a win-win, right? Customers get a high totally. quality uh, product direct from origin and, you know, uh, you know, you cut out unnecessary costs and, and for totally. us, that was an opportunity, right? So we were, of course, we were always digital first. Uh, and, you know, we, we started with our own website, went on to platforms like Amazon, Walmart, you know, where we are available, um, online. And that's how we started our distribution. Um, and, 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 you know, when you do that, I think it's also a lot of advantages, right? Because online, unlike offline, where you take four products, put it in a few hundred stores, six months later, you understand that there's something wrong. Probably your price thing is wrong. <laughs> right. You know, right. It takes time. Your, your flavors is something consumers are not liking, but with online, you know, you can you can understand your consumers very, very well and very quickly, right? And that's what we totally. did. We started small, listened to our customers, kept iterating the product to, you know, to a point where we knew we have they 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 love it and they're coming back like anything. And that's that's when we started scaling up. Love that. Yeah. And, and uh, you, again, I mentioned the website and um, man, I also checked out in my research your Amazon store and I cannot believe the number of reviews and it's almost five star. Like one product has 25,000 reviews. I mean, that is so it's hard to get reviews on him. Anyway, um, amazing. So <laughs> I'm looking at your product lineup here. Um, there's many different types of tea. There's and you've then you also got some drinkware and all kinds of other things. Like what did you start with? And was there, a, did you have a narrowed focus at first? And then over the years, you've added to that? Like, talk about how product development has taken place. Justin, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, we started with a very, very laser focused catalog of uh, the top selling products. You sort of pick up things which are working and easier to sort of 
crack and solve for the customer. Always the idea was how do we solve this problem for the customer. So we started with unflavored black teas, to be honest, like this is the first 8, 10, 12 months. You know, we, we got the best Darjeeling teas from India, your English breakfast, your Earl Grey's and all of that. Earl Grey was actually, a, uh, it was in phase two, but you know, your very pure teas, you know, green tea from Darjeeling and things like that. That's how we started. And then of course, we slowly, slowly started expanding our catalog, right? We launched our range of chai teas, which is tea with spices. And, you know, we launched... Uh, uh, you know, now it's an opera favorite chai, of course, for, for, for a couple of years, it was an opera favorite, but, but then, you know, we just launched and people loved it. Uh, we then started getting into teas with herbs and, you know, uh, superfoods like turmeric, ashwagandha, tulsi, right. gilong, neem, you know, all of these amazing superfoods from India. Uh, and then of course, you know, iced teas and drinkware and, you know, matcha and a bunch of these things. So I think it's been a gradual process. Um, over the last eight years. And I think we even today, right, I think this year we have a very, very exciting lineup of new products coming in. And I think uh, whatever we do, we want to do it right is really how we sort of think through things. Sure. I can tell that the quality is is definitely high. Um, talk about what your top sellers are and are they different depending on market? You know what I mean? Like, are, do you see different trends in different markets? Uh, honestly, Justin, not too much. Of course, there are nuances uh, in every market, right? Like a like an uh, like a German customer would like his or her chai slightly milder, uh, you know, versus say an American customer versus an Indian. Of course, who we like our teas very very spicy. So of course, there are some of these nuances. But you know, when you talk about products like English breakfast, Darjeeling, you know, these are like it's it's like Scots, right? I mean, no matter right. it's like you the are, core, <laughs> yeah. Where you are, you have to like your scotch, right? I mean, there's no other whiskey you can enjoy more than uh, a single malt from Scotland, for example, right? So I think that's really what we have seen even in tea. But of course, we do a lot of iterations, bases, uh, specific markets and try to, you know, try to solve that for our consumers. Sure. You talked about how you've you've grown over time. Um, have you invested in marketing and brand building and, and all of that? Or has it been word of mouth or like, how have you built awareness of the brand over the last six, seven years? No, absolutely, Justin. We have actually, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of performance marketing primarily, be it Amazon, be it Facebook, be it Meta, uh, be it Google, right? Uh, we do very, very targeted performance advertising because we want to reach, if you are a tea drinker and you're searching for tea, we want to show up in front of you and, you know, sure. We know that you know you would you would hopefully like what we are doing and come back again. Um, we've not done too many, and and then with that we do a lot of sampling because we genuinely believe in the product. We believe, you know, we bring one of the freshest products to consumers in these markets. So one of our one of our most simple and most effective marketing strategies has been just sample. I tell my team just sample as much product as we can, be it Opera to an Ellen to a Mariah Carey. We have partnered with all of these celebrities, but this all has been organic, right? It's been 100% organic because Amazing. we send them teas, they like the teas. And if you like the product, then obviously, you know, the way you approach things are very, very different. So, Wow. I love that. Um, what are, So looking ahead, what are the keys to growth? Is it new markets? Is it new products, you know, in your catalog? What, how'd you look at the next, let's say the next six to 12 months? I think, uh, Justin, uh, no real, uh, we have some launches we, we can't talk about yet because we're just sort of getting a hang of things. So if you follow us on Instagram at Vadam India, you guys can just follow us and we keep talking about our new launches there. This is for the viewers, of course. Uh, listeners, uh, sorry, my bad. Uh, and, and <laughs> I mean, we can see each other. But <laughs> yes, go ahead. <laughs> it tends to get confusing. But uh, 
but but no justin i think we have some new flavors coming up we have some new gift sets coming up uh you know we have we have uh, every year for christmas we do a lot of these limited edition products so we have a bunch of exciting new things coming up in fact we're also coming up with a category launch right um uh, you know very very exciting parallel category something vadam has never done before in the next wow. 32 days so you That's know cool. follow us on instagram <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah for sure um okay so you, you you are a founder and an entrepreneur uh you also have uh, done a lot of work with other uh, startups and whatnot talk to our audience maybe about two or three things that would be good lessons learned or uh coaching and advice you'd offer to them if they were looking to launch their next brand you know what i mean as you as people are they've got ideas and they're launching a lot of those people listen to our show so what would be two or three things you'd offer in terms of advice got it got it got it i think uh, uh, just in a bunch of things right i think the the environment has also changed it's become very competitive and you know uh, internet marketing is not as easy as it used to be so i think firstly having a very very differentiated product uh, which which only comes with deep market research talking to consumers right i mean honestly that's the only way to do it just talk to as many consumers and you know in every category there is a white space for sure so just identifying that white space effectively is critical because you know once you launch a product you're on the treadmill right then you just can't get off the treadmill and and then even if you not if even if your knees are not ready to sort of run you have to do it and that's when people get injured and fall and all of that right so taking from that analogy sure. right i think it's it's always good to be absolutely sure about the product you're launching before you sort of start and launch your brand uh and number 2 i think a strong why for the brand i think today's consumer justin is not looking for for brands which just sell a product uh you know why you sell what you do right why like you know of course we sell tea but why we sell tea and what's the why of your brand you know is sure. actually very very critical right what's your purpose what's your mission uh i think that's that's something which is extremely critical to have and that's the only way to differentiate right because uh, you know so many people will come you know with with new products they might have more money and more marketing dollars but if you have a differentiated why then the customer will stick to that and nobody can sort of you know steal your why right and be passionate so about that why and work towards that right so uh that's that's number two and i think third would be uh, uh you know i think um uh you know the having the right distribution channel in place right it could be amazon it could be your own website it could be offline but pick up one channel initially sort of and this is your your zero to one journey right where you get trying to get to product market fit i think just finding that right channel it's very easy to get distracted in today's world especially if you raise money external sure. capital to do everything but my sense would be you know do pick up that one channel master that get to your consumers iterate your product find your pmf and then when you're ready you know just scale up into as many channels as you can so i think broadly that's that's what i would do when i if i would have to start again today I love that, man. Such great advice. Um listen, it's it's so cool meeting you. I, I anything not work? It's I mean cuz you have such an incredible story. Has there been anything that didn't work? Like you tried it, it didn't it failed. This brand it didn't work out. We tried this partner, it didn't work. And anything that along the path so far that was like, yeah, that was a fail. 
No, I think Justin, I think all over the place, right? I can, I think there's so many failures. I think the biggest failure I can talk about is that, you know, when we were not even ready as a business, you know, we got this offer to launch into some thousand stores by this retailer. And, right. uh, you know, while we were very excited to do it, and this is like the first four years of Adam, you know, we didn't know if the product will do well. We didn't know if it's the right fit for retail. We didn't know if the retailer was a fit for us. And because, you know, that retailer had shown interest, we were, you know, we, we decided to sort of go ahead and, you know, launch and, you know, at least said yes to the buyer. Um, and, and, you know, when we realize, and obviously there's a lot of free fail and you need to give free product and the entire project becomes very, very expensive. Uh, but, but fortunately, you know, three months before we had to go live in stores, you know, I decided, and it was one of the toughest decisions I've taken, but I decided to not launch in retail. And we, we told the buyer that, you know, we paid the penalty, whatever we had to, but right. you know, I, I had decided that, you know, I mean, that penalty is a small price I will pay, but you know, you totally. get first impression is always very, very important, even, even from your brand perspective. So if you would have launched it to that retailer and failed at what we were doing, I mean, you know, coming back, bouncing back, would have been 5x tougher, right? So I think all, all of us entrepreneurs face that, you know, uh, face that in our lives every day where it's so easy to say yes. Um, totally. Uh, or you're excited, you know, you're like eager. <laughs> yeah. And you got uh, a absolutely. retailer with a thousand stores that's going, we want your product and that sounds great until it doesn't sell or, you know. Yeah, right? And then it becomes even more painful, right? So just just knowing totally. when to say no. I think your strategy is more about saying no than saying yes, you know. I think that yeah. that that really is your early strategy, and you know, doing that well. A lot of people think saying the right, yes to the right thing is critical. I think saying no to the the wrong things are is is more important uh, for an entrepreneur. <laughs> I need to have you on a couple of times during the year. You've got some really great, um, like some great principles, man. I mean, I I know it's learned and all that, but man, you need to and you you need to keep talking. You're, you've got a lot beyond the business that you can share with others. Um, hey, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you. I know we've mentioned the website, we've mentioned Amazon, but share some of the other uh, places people can find and buy product. Absolutely. I think you guys can check us out on our website. Of course, that's the best place you can buy us from, www.vadam.com. If you're anywhere outside the U.S., Go to vadam.global. That's V-A-H-D-A-M dot G-O-L-B-A-L. We ship to 132 countries across the world. Um, in the US, you can also find us on Amazon. So amazon.com slash vadamtees, V-A-H-D-A-M-T-E-A-S. Um, and of course, you know, we are also on social media. I think we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, but Instagram is where we are the most active. So go and follow us on, you know, Vadam India, Instagram.com slash Vadam India. And if you want to reach out to me, uh, my email ID is bala at vadam.com. That's B-A-L-A at the rate V-A-H-D-A-M.com. Bala, man, so great meeting you. I can't wait to meet in person at some point. Um, and uh, really appreciate you being on. We got to get you back. Uh, like I said, I, I'll come up with a whole other outline for you. And we could just talk about <laughs> business growth principles or something. It, it's just awesome. It's been so great having you on. Likewise. Thanks, Justin, for having me. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional ContenderCast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>